Assalamu alaikum and welcome to a brand new episode of the TMV podcast. I'm your host Haseeb Rizvi and today I'm joined, it's my honor to be joined by Sadiq Dorasad from the Muslim Census. Muslim Census is a new organization that started about 18 months ago uh, with an objective of gathering important data from the Muslim community to help Muslims resolve some of the issues that they're facing. One of these issues is halal student loans, i.e. student loans that don't have interest. Now this is something that the UK government promised that they were going to introduce, um, but of course, you know how it is with the UK government, they haven't done that yet. And so they were actually planning on scrapping the idea completely. Um, so Muslim Census put together this survey and they managed to get an amazing response, so 40,000 respondents and they were able to figure out the fact that this actually affects a big chunk of Muslims, right? So um, they use that data to essentially lobby the government to uh, put the item on the agenda again and provide that solution that they promised. So just really amazing to see that and obviously now mainstream media has picked up a Muslim census and they've been reporting the amazing work that they've done, the data that they've gathered, um, they've done surveys about a bunch of other issues as well which are really important. And so I speak to Sadiq about this, I speak to him about his journey, how it all started, some of the challenges that they faced, uh, the success stories and, and you know recent developments and stuff like that and also their plans for the future. Assalamu alaikum Sadiq. Wa alaikum salam Haseeb. Man, it's my honor to have you on this podcast. When it first dawned upon me that I have to now assume this role of hosting the podcast, I was like, man, look, I want to chat to interesting young Muslims doing like, you know, inspiring things, right? And I opened up Twitter and subhanAllah, like I'm just seeing Muslim senses blowing up. And I'm seeing I'm seeing your face there and I'm like, you know what, mashallah, this is this is an example of, of a guest that I would love to speak to and find out more about like you know the origin story and how this whole thing came about it's an honor when you message me um i don't think twice man alhamdulillah it's, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast i did get nervous because you because you replied back after like 12 hours i was like ah oh, damn it i just got aired <laughs> you left me on red i was like ah oh, man that hurt. <laughs> hey, listen it happens it happens man. i barely check my phone sometimes tell our listeners a little bit about muslim census um and, and what it is but what is it that you guys do yeah, uh, so Muslim Census is an independent organization that essentially polls the UK Muslim population uh, with regards to finding out their opinions, their sentiments around issues, um, and, and actually generally everything. They're, they're living in, in, in the UK. Um, we've done some uh, studies on the financial impact of COVID, We've looked at vaccine up uptake. Um, we've looked at even anti-blackness as well. And actually, one of our most recent ones, we tried to uh, find out a lot more about um, a hidden addiction, porn addiction, actually. So we look at issues where there aren't much data, um, specifically uh, for Muslims. Um, and if there is, it's like 10 years old or maybe even 20 years old. So we're here to kind of really provide a refreshed perspective on on how muslims are thinking and behaving in the uk and obviously that data is going to be able to allow us as a community to start working out some of these issues right like for example you mentioned addiction and stuff like that we don't just sit on that data we try to work with the relevant organizations to bring about change um i i believe actually it's interesting right um, I've had the pleasure before uh, a couple of years ago to be involved with charity work. There is much need for it. And one thing that I've even kind of experienced myself within my like 
um, time within, let's say, the Muslim community working with different organizations and stuff is is the lack of data that's out there, right? Because oftentimes, and especially with non-profit charities, one of the kind of difficulties that there is is that there's kind of like consumer data, like let's call it co commercial slash mainstream data that doesn't necessarily apply to Muslims. So now you're kind of doing a lot of guesswork to kind of work out, you know, what's the best branding and marketing strategy and so on and so forth, various things. And you're just kind of guessing and hoping that, okay, people feel the same way that you feel. And then that creates that disconnect between the organization, you know, the product and the final uh, result. Um, tell me, what was the origin story of this? Like what, what sparked the idea to, to start something off like this? It was always in the back of my mind that we're not doing things as well as we could do. Um, but what really like accelerated that thought um, in my mind was the pandemic, right? Um, the lockdown and of course the, the actual coronavirus severely and disproportionately impacted ethnic minorities in the UK. The government came out with their report saying that um, ethnic minorities were two or three times more likely to die from coronavirus, but also we saw um, job loss heavily impact ethnic minorities as well. And I wanted to understand actually what, what does that mean for Muslims? Like, is, is we, we can't just say we are basically 100% ethnic minority and we're all the same and we'll just use their, their data that we're, they're publishing. It has to be faith-based because when you're Muslim, that's something that is centered in your life and is going to impact the decisions you make and the experiences you, you have uh, in the UK as well. Um, so that's when, you know, uh, it was, it was the, the pandemic, also the Black Lives Matter movement, all of these issues that were happening and Muslims were trying to find out where do they sit with, with, with these discussions. So uh, I had the idea um, and I went to a school friend of mine. We literally started year seven. So what's that, like 11 years old, 12 years old. Um, so we've known each other for a very, very, very long time. And I went to him and I said, look, I think this is something we should be doing and we really could do this. We didn't expect it to go as huge as it has gone, alhamdulillah, but we thought at least we're going to try plug some gaps and maybe provide Muslims with the data to have conversation. So rather than blindly getting into a conversation about how the coronavirus has impacted Muslims, I can actually say, oh yes, so-and-so, so-and-so. Um, and, and it kind of went from there. Um, it, it started off with myself and Mo. Uh, we launched our first report, which was on uh, anti-blackness within the Muslim community, uh, which I wrote up myself, did the analysis, but Mo, he's more tech side, so he built the website, uh, worked on the designs for the infographics, and we pressed publish, right? Um, and alhamdulillah, the community has really taken to us well, there's a lot of support that we're getting and, and it's only grown since then. So is there is there like an overlap between some of your personal interests, let's say, and, and what you're doing right now? So obviously, we both know you're Muslim, right? So obviously, that's the Muslim part sorted out. But what's the, in terms of like data and analytics and stuff like that, is there something else that's that's behind that? Yeah, um, so in my, in my day job, I work very, very heavily closely heavily with um data you can say and closely man if it's if it's an intimate thing we're not going to judge you <laughs> um no, no so like literally my day job is numbers and actually 
the purpose of those numbers is to prove that we need to do something. That's what I do. That's my day job. Or, or to evidence something that we've done already and to say this has been good or this has been bad. And what we've noticed as well with some of our new volunteers, right? When you're when you're when you've got skills in that field, volunteering in charities is all well and good, you know, bucketing and, and going out to deployments and you know, going on appeals. But that's not where a lot of people's actual ability lies right and and something that they're passionate about and they want to you know use their day job skills and their skills that they have to help and support the muslim community and i've always like tried to have some impact on the muslim community i actually had a podcast as well which um i i it started off career help and career support it kind of just tailed off and became uh just <laughs> people chatting nonsense but it was a good vibe right um so yeah i've always tried to do something and then when I had this idea, it was kind of like the perfect mix of what what I like doing and what I do as a day job, what I've got really good skills in and supporting and, and trying to benefit the Muslim community in the UK. So it, it, it was, yeah, really, really the perfect mix. Alhamdulillah. I think there's, there's that Japanese word, right? I think it's called iki, ikigai. Ikijai? Ikigai, that's the one, sorry. Um so it's, it's that kind of like intersection between, you know, your passion, things that you're actually good at, your skills and all that kind of stuff, right? And it's that kind of sweet spot. That's an amazing thing, man. It's, it makes me happy to see people that are finding that because that's when I feel, I feel like actual growth occurs, right? And you can see it. You can see in someone's face when they're experiencing that. It's a nice thing, alhamdulillah. I wanted to actually talk about the technical process because uh, one thing that struck out to me is that the branding for Muslim Census is, is, seems to be very spot on. So maybe I'll get your co-founder on at some point and, and pick his brains about the branding because I'm, I'm a branding guy, right? So like, I, that's the first thing that I look at as well, right? It's like, how, how good is the branding and what that essentially says about an organization, how seriously they're actually prepared to be about them, their vision and uh, and delivering what they're saying. What was the kind of like initial like challenges? Because obviously like, you know, having an idea is all well and good. Launching a website, you know, any, anyone can technically do, right? How do you go from there to actually getting people to engage with the, the product? Two of our biggest challenges. Um, one was data collection, right? So we're asking people about serious stuff, right? We're, some people can really open up and explain an issue that they've been dealing with. And that obviously is a huge amount upon us, but also you need to gain trust to even be in that position. And when we launched, yes, we did have a few eyebrows raised. Who are you guys? And what are you here to do? Are you selling our data? Um, is it, are you, are you funded by certain organizations? Um, and that was something that we needed to dispel. And the way we did that was just being absolutely transparent, right? Where this is a passion project of ours. We're here to try and actually benefit Muslims. This is by Muslims for Muslims. Um, we, when we did our first survey, we actually published the data in a dashboard format. So you could actually come onto our website and click and actually like see where we've got our conclusions from. Um, and we did that for our second one as well. And then we realized we didn't, people didn't really engage with that side. So, so we stripped it out, but we, we try and consistently be transparent so that was the big thing to tackle that one um and then the second one was to actually get people to complete these surveys right 
Um, and the way we did that is by showing and showcasing that we provide, oh, there you go, here's the website, um, sh showcasing that we're here to do this properly, right? You, this is not a botched job. We're not collecting data and you will never see it ever again. Um, actually, if you go to if you go to the data bit, right, and and you you can see what I was talking about, and just click I don't know financial impacts of COVID, right? And this second one here. So when it loads, you'll see like this is what we started off. We we try and be innovative, right? We try and showcase like something different. So you can see if you clicked uh, data studio. So if you click like mail, for example, on that top bit then you'll see the results just for male. And then you can narrow that down. If you want to check out just for male, uh, Black African, you will be able to see the, the responses. You can tell a data nerd has made this. <laughs> I did that. I did it's that. a good I thing. That. I like it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, we're just trying to be new. And, and even the way we published our reports are very different, right? If you click a year of lockdown, right, for example, uh, that, that, that top one there and you click the PDF the other Muslim organizations are not doing it in the way that we're doing it because we're trying to make data accessible so if you go on to let's say if you just scroll past um, this intro which gives a brief but then look like look you can see what this is about like really nice designs we heavily focus on our social channels as well. And we make people aware, like we're trying to provide our people with the right tools to support themselves and to have discussion. Sadiq, just one question, right? So like, I've always, I've always had this thought as well, which is like, what do you do in a situation where, for example, because some people feel uncomfortable about kind of exposing yeah, Muslim yeah, yeah. data right because that could technically be used against us right so i was a bit kind of because i remember the, the one that you had about addiction for example right in fact uh, just before we go to go to that one i remember that in a local community center in stanmore they had done a very deep kind of uh, data gathering exercise on the issues that young people were facing right um, and I, I was privy to to some of this kind of the, some of the findings and stuff. And obviously, like there was some big shockers, right? Like there was there was some really like intense stuff that people were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we've got drug addiction and there's people that are actually drinking alcohol in the community and stuff, right?" And they decided it was best not to publish that data because of like you know it'll give us a bad image, right? I kind of get why they did that fair enough you know because you don't want to create that situation where now all of a sudden everyone's feeling like oh we, we, we've lost it we're off the path kind of thing but at the same time until we're able to have these honest conversations nothing's really going to change right so how do you feel like you're balancing that line and is that, is that something that you've had to consider it's a fine 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 balance of pushing out something that change will only come if there's a big reaction and protecting the dignity of Muslims in this country. And that's a big thing, right? So for example, let's use that hidden addiction survey that we've done. If we came full frontal at the, at the climate where we are and the position of Muslim census currently, alhamdulillah, we have featured in many mainstream uh, publications. So they know who we are. 
and we came out with this, there's a very good chance that we wouldn't be able to control the narrative anymore. And the findings will be taken to bash Muslims. And it's a, it's a, so you look at different ways. Okay, we have this data. We have to act on this data now. It's now an amount upon us to act on this data. People have completed it. So just it's different strategies. So what we're doing is running webinars with therapists, with um, Muslim mental health organizations, um, with marriage counselors, with those type, like it's, it's, it's just a different style. And then having an open webinar to the public and then drip feeding. So someone that's like, like a reporter that just wants a juicy story. Yeah, no, I get it. And you know what? Hats off to you for thinking. And, 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 I, and I like the fact that you said this about protecting the dignity of Muslims. Like that, that's honestly like almost brought a tear to my eye because that's such an important aspect of anything that any one of us do, right? Like as in, we can so easily just get caught up in our own passions and our own kind of like, no, the truth must come out, like that kind of classic rhetoric that no, no, everyone must know, you know, but no, you're thinking, you're thinking quite clearly, but you're also not just sitting on that data. You've decided actually, okay, we've got this data, but what's the most responsible and effective way? Uh, to get it out there to actually affect change back into the community which like you said through therapists through these webinars that you're running hats off to you man like martial honestly it's it's it's, it's just really inspiring oh, wow. to see and this stuff man. it's not just me right so that project um we've got uh one of the brothers usman uh leading on this and he's the one you know he's trying to understand the ramifications of anything that we release we've got really really like a really good team behind us that are working hard to protect the dignity of Islam, the dignity of Muslims, but also the reputation of Muslim census as well. So we don't want to be this organization that is at arms with the Muslim community, right? And there are there are organizing Muslim organizations that say they're here to support us, but they're the first ones screaming um at, at, you know from the rooftops to other people about what's wrong with us. Um and there's a there's a balance there's a balance there's a time for that but there's definitely you have to consider many different other alternatives before you reach that um you mentioned team um so alhamdulillah actually what made me quite happy uh, to see this past weekend is you guys had your first team meetup that must have been quite an emotional and uh, yeah that must have been an emotional experience for you man honestly like i've given a bit of a brief intro as to Muslim census, right? It started off with two, two people, two, two school friends. It's now a team of 26 amazing, amazing volunteers. And that team meet was beautiful. You know, it, it puts it into perspective and, and it becomes real. Um, I do truly believe that our team is our biggest achievement. It, forget, forget being featured in the times and going to boris johnson's house like that, honestly that means nothing you can take that all away um but the team if that stays alhamdulillah we've we've so much success and, and baraka is in that team that's amazing man honestly it was it was it was, it was really uplifting for me to see that as well right because i we were discussing before the podcast of like you know those moments where like you've been working on a project kind of like you know just on a laptop and zoom and all this stuff but then the, when you finally actually meet people in person 
you're like, oh my God, this is actually real. This is actually like, you know, actual human beings that care about this project. And it's like, whoa, like, mashallah, man. It's, it's really, really good to hear that. Um, you also just touched upon something because I completely forgot that as well, actually, your, your visit to uh, Downing Street. Um, and in fact, I think it was uh, one of your more, I think it was the most recent one that you've done, the survey on um, the halal student loans situation. Um, which seems to have been quite successful. So um, maybe we'll just start with the let's start with the problem and then talk about like what you guys did and, and, and what the results were. There are a portion of Muslims in this country um, that do not go to university because of the student loan and and because it is an interest based loan. Um, the government promised actually in 2013 that they would build. It was completely agreed to build an alternative student financing option that was interest-free. Um, it's been, what, eight years, nine years almost since that promise. And what we wanted to find out as Muslim Census was, okay, what's been the impact of that delay? How many Muslims have been impacted by either not going to university or having to self-fund because they didn't want to take out that loan? Um, and, and what we found out was like really, really big numbers, you know, 10,000 Muslims every single year are severely impacted. F just over 4,000 have to, 10,000 Muslims every single year are impacted. So 4,000 decide not to go to university because of the student loan. And six, just under 6,000 um, decide to self-fund to avoid the riba of the student loan. So when you have such a large amount, right? That can't be ignored. And the government actually, before we launched that survey, they were deliberating on whether to just pull out the alternative student finance agreement completely. And alhamdulillah, what we have done is make that absolutely impossible for them. So like I said, we've got backing from a few MPs, a few Lords and we were able to present that letter to uh, just outside number 10. Um, and it's seriously on their agenda. We've had responses from them. It's on their agenda. Uh, we're waiting for their next update because we need timelines now. That's amazing work, man. Honestly, it's, it's so nice to see that because what I feel like what you've done is you've essentially put together like the perfect case study, right, for what data can actually do for us as a community. You know, you've gathered the numbers, you've, and, and now it's like, you know, we're using that strategically to, for the Muslim community's benefit, man. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. How's that been received what, why in, in, in the community in general, like, and, and also wider? Vindication of support is, is we had 40,000 responses to that survey. 40,000, a, a, a massive number of the Muslim population completed that survey. Um, so it's clear it's, it's 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 also clear to me that muslims want an avenue to provide their voice and there's loads of different ways they could do it and this is just another one of them um and and yeah we're, we're, we're seeing that support so alhamdulillah loads of muslims universities isocs have come together and supported this this uh study and and the urgent need to have an alternative student finance option. But actually, 
loads of non-Muslim organizations and publications. So NUS UK, uh, which is uh, National Union of Students, they supported the study, which is amazing, right? Um, and we saw loads of teachers, teacher unions, and then of course, mainstream publications, your Times, your Financial Times, uh, we featured in The Independent, we've had calls and, and we've gone on radio on the BBC. Um, it's really that like that month was full on for me and the team just re responding to every media request. It, it, like you said, it's the perfect case study of what Muslim censors can do and what data can do. And again, that's why I think we're seeing a lot of support for Muslim censors because they see this as a tool for change. And Muslims are passionate about change. Muslims want improvement for for their neighbor for their brother for their sister um and yeah this is one of the many ways that they can do that it's amazing man it's uh, honestly like well done again I, and i'll keep saying it um maybe it's getting a bit jarring as well but what's what's the what's the next project are you able to share like what the next um survey that you guys are going to be pushing out so one we are working with uh, islamic network to um look at the millennial muslim and what does the millennial muslim What's the biggest difficulties and barriers for a millennial Muslim to practice their faith? Um, so that's a really like quite all-encompassing study. Uh, but we're also, first time ever, we're looking at a study for non-Muslims and non-Muslim perceptions of Muslims, which I think is going to be really interesting. Um, some of the questions we want to kind of like dive into is one, well, I'll give you two because I have I think this is going to be really good studies. Um, what percentage of the UK population do they think are Muslim? That that like do they think they're surrounded by Muslims? I'm sure they do if they live in like East London. But <laughs> mate, if you're in East London, <laughs> you are. <laughs> so that could that could really skew. Wow. Um, but like you know, uh, trying to understand if they feel like Islamophobia is a real is is a big issue in their country. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to look at loads of different stuff as Muslim census. How can we really build a picture and gather data of, across several different areas and, and several different target audiences? Two, again, with the ultimate aim is how do we better understand the living conditions of Muslims in the, in, in, in the country? And then how can we facilitate some improvement and some benefit? That's amazing, man. I can't wait to keep seeing these new surveys and stuff. Um, and I'm sure like you've probably now amassed a community that's like waiting in anticipation for the next thing, which is good, right? Um, which, 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 you know, so I'm intrigued to see that. One of the things I would love to see, inshallah, maybe, you know, one day we can make it possible. Because, you know, I've, I've re recently moved to America, right? And it's a complete different, <laughs> it's a complete different, like, well, obviously it's a different country, but it's a yeah, completely yeah. different thing, man, you know? Like the Muslim experience here is completely different, bro. Like it's completely different. Now, obviously, California is is probably exceptionally different to, let's say, places like New York and New Jersey and Texas and Chicago, where there is a bit more of a Muslim population and density, right? Uh, but over here, it's different, man. And and I want to know, you know, for example, if we were to put the same questions to Muslims in the UK versus Muslims in the US, like what the differences would be. There's plans, inshallah, inshallah. But like, like for, for now, we need to really build our understanding of how it works first. You know, we're very new. It's 18 months since we've launched. Um, there's a lot more that we need to figure out before we take on 
the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure, man. It could, it, yeah, the, the potential is big for this, inshallah. And I'm, I'm excited to see the progress, bro. Sadiq, is there any sort of like final words that you would like to say to our listeners about how they could potentially get involved or any sort of like, just any sort of like thoughts that have come across your mind in the last 18 months that you feel like need to be said? Okay, I'll take this in an interesting way. Um, from what I realised, in 18 months, right, myself and Mo have been overseeing the development of, I'd say now one of the leading or potentially gonna, going to be one of the leading organisations in the UK that represents Muslims. And when I think about that, I get very like, scared potentially right because who am i and then i think okay if i think this who am i your your leaders of other organizations are thinking the same and when we because i know people are going to i guess question muslim census in the future and, and we're going to get maybe a backlash of certain studies etc but you know, we're we're normal people. We're, we're not we're not special people. Allah, we're not special people. Um, and that's how now <laughs> it's a weird one. That's how I see other organizations now. You know, they're just they, they're a collection of people. You can approach them, you can you can ask them questions, but to attack them is is a weird one. Like, yes, people are gonna make weird decisions and 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 they should definitely be questioned on them. But they are people. They are a collection of people trying to benefit Muslims on the whole, on the whole. So that's definitely one takeaway. The second takeaway I would say is there's so many opportunities out there for Muslims to benefit other Muslims. It doesn't need to be setting up a full-blown organization. It could be being a part of another one. Like, for example, let's say you're passionate about tech. There's developers and muslimic makers who've built a muslim community that you can be a part of and you can start building tech products if you want to be in uh, journalism i'm sure they can reach out to you and start writing a few articles and other other organizations like they're, they're it's not just like there's actually something to gain now from these muslim organizations if you give your time and there's plenty of opportunities for people to get involved and with the right intentions they can benefit Muslims and they can benefit themselves, but they can benefit themselves in terms of like their their skill set. We've got researchers on our team that fresh from uni, but now they're getting real life researcher experience that they can translate into industry. And there are many other organizations like that. So I think gone, well, slowly going are the days where volunteering is a one-way or working for muslim organization is a one-way street where only they benefit from your time you, you can benefit from them as well um and and those are some of the things that i've realized i agree and, and you know what it's, it's similar to similar to your learnings in the, in the last 18 months we've had similar things as well right like you know one of the things about the muslim vibe that makes us kind of unique is the fact that we publish a new article every day right and all of our articles are just user generated. Like these are people, but we've got people with PhDs, multiple PhDs that have like written like 5,000 words for us, man, because they feel like this is a platform that serves their needs and represents their views. Do you get what I mean? There's sometimes this um, self-loathing that we do as Muslims, right? Which is, that, oh, we're not getting anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. And it's like, 
but no one's building solutions to get themselves out of the thing. They're kind of waiting for the next person to do it. And then there's also this other thing that happens, which is like, oh, we shouldn't have to do this for Muslims. Muslims should, Muslims should do this themselves, right? And it's like, well, no. Like, if we need to be spoon-fed, then, then we need to be spoon-fed. Do you get what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Like, provide the infrastructure for people and they will, they will utilize it. And I've, we've seen this for several times with projects that I've personally been involved in, like I was mentioning to you even before the podcast. And just like the Muslim vibe, right? We've had people writing content for us because they feel like this is uh, a space for them to share their opinions and ideas and experiences. It's, it, Hasib, you're, it's not doom and gloom. That basically, that's the point. Like, it's, it's not, not doom and gloom. gloom. Well, like, doom and gloom. you know what? Well, th- thank you, thank <laughs> you. It's not doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. There is so much talent. There is so much talent amongst Muslims currently that, with the right infrastructure, we will see massive, massive changes. I think, like, even yeah, I, we're getting completely railroaded right now. But even like the fintech space right now, the Islamic fintech space, I see it growing. And and I see talented people in that space, and 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 same with I'm seeing loads of Muslim journalists now get into mainstream, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, like that, there is so much talent amongst Muslims that is not doom and gloom. There's there's loads of reasons to be positive, um, and I think with a positive mindset, you'll be able to have your impact as well, and you'll be able to find your niche where you can support as. As as I have, I've found my niche, and and this is going to be me, honestly. Like for inshallah, for the rest of my life, um, other people will find their niche, and and inshallah, benefit will come for it, and the whole community will grow. So that was our conversation with Sadiq from Muslim Census, and as you can see, and one of the things that I immediately picked up from that, just the honest, genuine guy uh, using his talents to serve the Muslim community, and. Honestly, that's all it needs. It just needs more Muslims to be able to kind of like take that initiative, realize that they've got a talent, they're they're passionate about something, and they can kind of utilize that to uplift the entire community, right, in a non-selfish way, in a way that benefits everyone. Um, and and that's that's kind of like what immediately struck out to me as well, like months back when I kind of um, saw Muslim Census grow and develop into this um, re- reputable organization. Um, and it's just it's just such a it's such a pleasure speaking to him to be honest with you because I, I'm just really inspired by young Muslims doing amazing things, and that's what this podcast is all about. And inshallah, we will have more guests like him. Um, and I'm hoping actually maybe we'll be able to touch base with Sadiq again in a year's time and see the progress of Muslim Census and what they've been able to achieve. You can find out more about Muslim Census in the links in the description below. Um, and get involved, you know, get involved with the surveys. And if you feel like you want to volunteer, then also you can reach out to them and, and kind of let them know. I'm sure they'll be happy to take on more volunteers. Um, and that's about it from me today, guys. Again, please, if you made it this far to the end, thank you. I appreciate it, all 30 of you. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, like, comment, share, leave a five star rating. I really need to start working out like a little ending script now because this is now, I think, the sixth episode and I still haven't figured it out. Khudafis, assalamu alaikum, and see you next time.